the dawn of civilization. Primitive, dangerous, exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we have Zach here today from Dead Animal Assembly Plant. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Um, we are all huge fans of the album here at Cave Dweller. Uh, not only did we review it, but it ended up on one of our writers' lists of albums worth checking out a second time. Oh, geez. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, anytime. Uh, we've actually been following you guys for a while. Um, what, what what was the the year you first releasing him? Was that back in two thousand nine? So, um, now oh boy, even that's kind of jumbled up. So I back when um, the project was still just uh, like a solo thing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I released some really rough demoy sounding things um, in the like late. Yeah, I think I think like two thousand nine. Um, you know, it's 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 a, it's a little painful to listen to, but it's it's part of the process. <laughs> um, and then I believe it was 2011, maybe it was 2012 is when we refer, uh, released our first real kind of album as a band, and that was uh, All My Heroes Are Dead. Okay, all right, that that was the first thing of yours I actually heard. So I haven't. I think I went back later and listened to the the earliest stuff you're talking about, but. Yeah, all my heroes are is the first thing I, I came across from you guys. Yeah, that's the first thing uh, uh, worthy of note. I mean, uh, <laughs> I put all the even the earlier stuff. I put it all in the band camp just because. So it's one of those things where, like, even though I kind of wince when I listen to it, it's like, well, mm -hmm. it's it's important to understand, like, where I came from in relation to where we're at now. It's right. it's just all it's all part of the 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 storybook, the journey. Exactly. I think, I mean, a lot of fans of bands, or I'm one of those people at least, I really appreciate when bands release that early demo stuff and then release tracks and, you know, those war files and stuff because it might not be the best quality stuff, but it's really interesting for us as fans to hear that stuff in the process that was involved with coming up with the, final, the finished product. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's always kind of fun to, to listen to bands like where um you, you can kind of understand where their heads were at or their mm -hmm. experience or comfort level because there is a lot of kind of coming of age no matter when you start working on music there's that coming of age of understanding like your voice or your sound or your identity it's 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 like you're going through a completely different identity crisis mm -hmm. uh at that point yeah, and you have all those bands. That you, I'm for one. Like a lot of my fan, my, my favorite stuff is like the early '90s death metal stuff. Um, if you look at a lot of those bands, you see that a lot of them started in the '80s, but they originally played some sort of thrash stuff, and they had a completely different name. And then it came to like '89, and they completely reinvented themselves with a whole new name and persona. But uh, so I don't mean to go off topic, but Brendan and my other co-host just uh, dropped into the call. So hey, Brendan, how's it going? Good man. How are you? How are you guys? Good. This is Zach. Uh, Zach is Brendan. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Just got done with dinner and t-ball practice and all that fun stuff. So, ah, uh, yes, family obligations. Oh yeah. Um, so we were just talking, Brandon, about uh, some of the really early stuff from the project. Um, like the, the very first album from All My Heroes Are Dead back in two thousand twelve or thirteen. 
I think. Um, it's all blur at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brendan, I know that I think this was the first album of the band that you listened to, right? The, um, the Spring, Bring Out the Dead was the first for you? Well, the first album I ever listened yeah, was Bring Out the Dead. Oh, good. And, and what were your thoughts? And then this, I liked it a lot. Um, it was like, it reminded me of like, uh, if like basically White Zombie took everything serious and Ministry had a little bit more fun. Oh, oh, I like that. I like, I want to be the, the love child of, of Rob Zombie and Elder Ginsburg. Yeah, cool. I, <laughs> I definitely had both of those influences on the album for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we're all such huge fans of, of Ministry. I mean, even we, we, lo- we love New Wave Al. We love, you know, it, Industrial Metal Al. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, definitely, uh, when you think of, like, Rob Zombie, yeah, White Zombie or, like, Hellbilly Deluxe, they were oh, just yeah. such, I mean, that's such a, a influential album on me, especially because um, I was a teenager when it came out, and that was the first time I had ever actually got to see him live was the Hellbilly Deluxe tour, and he just blew my mind. That, that's the thing with Rob Zombie, though. It's, it's really hard sometimes to listen to some of the newer stuff because Hellbilly Deluxe is just so good, and I always have to stop myself and say, stop comparing it to that. It's a different part of his career. Like, you know what I mean? Artists are right. out of progress and change, but that album is just so stellar. Yeah, he started... Like it's difficult because like you have a band. Granted, he had a lot of experience with White Zombie at that point, but mm-hmm. Hellbilly Deluxe was just like he started, boom, right at the top. I'm like, oh my god, how do you how do you do something better than that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Peak too early. But um, and Ministry as well, man. I love, I absolutely love Ministry. I'm the same. I I like the entire career spanning right from the very beginning. They had a they had a crazy progression of sound. Um from their early stuff to where they are now. Yeah, it's it's a big jump to go from, like, with sympathy to, like, mind is a terrible thing to taste or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was going to ask you um, about your influences, but it's kind of come up organically. Um, but was there, any, is there anyone else, really, that you guys turned to for influencing your sound and style? Um, I mean, for me personally, especially uh, in terms of writing lyrics, uh, you know, I've always been a huge fan of like Raymond Watts from you know Pig and yes. Jim Thurwell, uh, Tom Waits. Uh, it's just like there's the it's like these artists they have a way of expressing themselves through such vivid language without it sounding contrived mm-hmm. or um, this like this like super trite. Like it's really easy to kind of go down that road of something i mean you have to toe the line between with with cheesy or, or something like that because it's really easy to go incredibly cringy where it's just like oh my god i can't <laughs> believe that person just said that like right about that lyric? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean we, we had raymond on watson our show a few months ago um he's like the nicest dude ever but I think he's a very down-to-earth person and that kind of comes across in his music that it's not pretentious and it's not, he doesn't take it too seriously, but at the same time, it is art for him. Um, so yeah, you're right. There's a fine blend between the two. But, uh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, it's like, you know, you have to have like, 
you want to have all the control and have it be all your sound, but then you're like, well, I need help. And, you know, it's hard letting go of the reins, you know? And I was going to ask about the themes because I absolutely love uh, how in-depth you guys went with the whole folklore thing that uh, behind the album, the um, Sweet Meats sort of house. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've always been such a, a, a horror nerd, believe it or not. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and when I was younger, um, it was drama. Like I was, I was a drama kid. I lettered in drama in high school. I did community theater. I was in some for, like performance troops when I got older. Um, and that was always such a huge part of my life. It was a way for me as a complete introvert to be myself by losing myself in a character. Uh, and so when I wanted to start doing music, do tying in the whole like theatrical, I mean, cause yeah, we bring up Rob zombie or someone like, like skinny puppy. Uh, and it's, it's more than when you go and see them, it's more than just a show. It's an, it's an entire presentation, visual and audio and the energy. And it allows you to kind of immerse yourself in the experience. And I think that's a really important part to music, to art in general, is that if it, gives you this opportunity to kind of let everything go, let go of all of your anger and depression uh, and whatever you're feeling and give you this catharsis, you know, anything that kind of like, I don't know, that was always such a big part of me and music. So the whole theater aspect, I'm just like right off the bat, I'm like, I know that if I'm going to do music, I want it to be just as visual as it is audio um so people get that full experience and right and and so that was a big part at first even even when it was just me coming up with the mythology behind the band the sweet meat slaughterhouse it it helped give me um a, kind of a, a point of focus because i admit i can get pretty add and just be all over the place so that it gave me the ability to kind of give me a theme so no matter what i did if it, and, and uh, not to pigeonhole myself, but it gives, gave me that freedom to kind of work within the theme. And so it didn't, so it stayed cohesive. And then with, with the different band members coming through, and especially with the band members, uh, the current iteration of the band we have now, um, it was great to see everyone kind of take and run with it um, and develop it on their own, develop their makeup, develop their stage look. And uh, that's something that was, you know, you talk about giving up control and yeah, it's like you, you give up control when you have the band element, but you also make everything more dynamic, the look, the sound. And that was something that I really appreciate uh, what everyone brings to the table is they bring their unique personality instead of like trying to take something away from it. Right. And uh, did you come up with all of the characters yourself and then sort of assign them to people or was it a group effort in, in that aspect? Um, it was it was a group effort because, uh, you know, we all help each other out, kind of develop characters. But no, I, I didn't I didn't assign anything out. It was a matter of like, how do you see your character? How do you see it fit in this kind of in the mythology of the Sweet Meat Slaughterhouse and, and all that Uh because I wanted people to feel more of a sense of being connected to it. Like it's a, an extension of their personality as opposed to being like, all right, this is your character. Somehow 
you know, kind of like fit it into how you see yourself. I, right. I want it to be more organic. Right. I get that. And uh, I mean, I, I went to the uh, website and saw the profiles and each one is pretty unique. Um, obviously, there's a lot of thought went into each of those. Yeah, that website's a little outdated. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> still hear you were recording. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the costumes and all that, did you guys make that yourself or did you hire someone to, to build those for you? It's kind of a mix. Um, we... We have commissioned pieces from um, there's this independent clothing line called Scene Sick, and mm-hmm. they, um, you know, it's this this couple that runs it. They do everything. Um, I love them to death. Uh, and they've made a lot of outfits for like Behemoth, Cradle of Filth, and KMFDM. So oh, they nice. they have yeah they have some really they've done really well for themselves. And so early on, um, we had commissioned them to do some of our pieces, but. We also design our own. Uh, we wanted to kind of do a blend of, uh, of, you know, what we can make ourselves. So it's not something that is cookie cutter or seen everywhere else. And We're working... super glamorous. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you look at amazing clothing lines like Warnstar. It was like, oh yeah, you know, they make really good clothing. But if you're gonna go and 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 buy one of their pieces, well, then that's a piece that someone else can easily go get to. So we wanted to try to do as much ourselves. So mm-hmm. it, it at least has that kind of DIY. We are, we are very DIY. So we wanted to kind of maintain that kind of DIY look. Yeah, I kind of got the vibe from it. It was very, um, like, it kind of ties into the feeling of it. I mean, it's, it feels like a post-apocalyptic, what you could scrape together from the resources you had type thing, which is a bit more authenticity, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I like that yeah, we, we want it to be gross. I mean, like, yeah. we didn't want it to be, like, the the pretty, quote-unquote, pretty distressed, where it's just like, oh, yeah, like, things look distressed, but you also look like you just walked out of, like, an L.A. So- club wearing a $5,000 outfit, even though it looks <clears throat> like you're supposed to be just, you know, like, coming from a, the wasteland. It's like, no, we, we want to look gross like we actually stepped out of the desert <laughs> right yeah i think it definitely carries across um so i'm going to give you free reign here for a while to talk about some horror influences because brandon and i are both massive horror nerds as well um so we'd love to hear what what are your classics like who do you love as far as horror goes i mean i'm, I'm a i'm a kid of the 80s so uh you know grew up watching nightmare on elm street friday the 13th Sleepaway yeah. Camp, um, Amityville Horror, the original one, scared the bejesus out of me, traumatized me when I was a kid. <laughs> um, and, and of course, like now, you know, as I got older and uh, I, would, I would say my, ta- my tastes certainly have not changed, but then I started uh, becoming more, I would say, influenced by someone like Pinhead. Or Candyman, because there was this. Yeah, there's an yeah. eloquence to the horror. It's not just like the strong, silent. I'm just gonna slash you up or drop like a one-liner. It was like, right. oh no, there's like poetry Mo- lore. Yeah, it's modern day folklore. Yeah, and, and I love that. I love, you know, the urban legend side. Or you know, I mean, I, I'm not a religious person, but I'm an absolute sucker for religious iconography. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's you interesting. Know, 
Yeah, the, the, I mean, I love Clive Barker, and so in the world that Clive Barker can create with the Cenobites and the Order of the Gash and and the right. whole mythos behind that, like, that's incredibly influential. Right. I uh, I actually just rewatched the uh, the first two um, of those movies last year and Candyman. Um, went through a bit of a phase rewatching with us. It's fantastic. I forgot how good uh, that the first one is in that in that series. It, it's it, awesome. Isn't there a remake of that movie? Or am I mistaken? Of Hellraiser? Uh, not Hellraiser. Uh, Candyman. Oh, I don't know. Um, there is. Maybe. I feel like there was a newer one that there came was, out recently. It was supposed to. It didn't come out yet. It was supposed to come out last year, but because of the pandemic, it got postponed. Ah. Um, so I think it's coming out this year in a few months. It's it's by yeah. Jordan yeah, yeah. Peele. Oh, and, fantastic! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which That's, is okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. Be, I mean, because actually, I, I listened recently to this kind of the summation of of um, of Candyman, and it was, and it's it, it's it's a it's a black story, but it's still being told <laughs> by white people. You right, know, right? And in there was. And it, and it makes sense. There was like a, this uh, discussion of kind of like Candyman is a great movie and it does touch on the inherent like racism of the Cabrini Green housing projects and the uh-huh. Chicagoland area. But it still was kind of told through this like lens of, of you know, the, the, the white lens through this kind of like white knight syndrome kind of thing with with right. the main actress. Um so the idea that this new Candyman is, you know, black written, black directed, I, I, I think this is it's going to be really powerful. So I cannot wait for for Jordan Peele's version to come out. It looks really good. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. He, he's really made a name for himself with the horror thriller um, stuff he's been putting out. He's fantastic. Oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a modern day Alfred Hitchcock in in a sense that it's not just horror. It's it's thrillers. It, there's yeah. a psychological yeah. element to it. I mean, it's like, hard to believe that he was like, you know, like doing all that comedy, you know, beforehand. You're like, what was this? But, you know, like, it's awesome. It was an interesting transition out of nowhere because when I saw like Get It, when I heard about Get Out, and it's like Jordan Peele directed that. I'm like, are you serious? He's the guy from Key and Peele. Like, and then I watched yeah. it, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. That was, that was a fantastic. Like, you know, like that, what? Like, come on, yeah. no way. <laughs> and like, all that depth. Yeah. Yeah, all the commentary on race and stuff in that movie. And it was such an interesting take on it, too. It's like a really unusual... Because, like, you're watching it. I'll spoil it all there for anyone who hasn't seen it somehow by now. But you're watching it, and the whole time you're thinking, oh, man, these people are racist. They hate black people. And then they want, when you find out they want to be black people, you're like, oh, my God, I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, it's it's like the other side of of racism. It's mm-hmm. It's like the... Um, I don't. I don't even know. It's 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 like the woke side of racism, you know. Yeah, it, it's it, 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 it's that like almost like um, unhealthy ideate, like a fetishism and ideation, yeah. which is yeah. Like, it's like oh, yo, that's actual. That's racist too, you know. If you fetishize a race, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, no one else could have done. Have you guys actually watched uh, the Twilight series remake that he did? The new the new series he did. I have not. I haven't. Me either. Uh, it's on a streaming service I don't have access to, but apparently he did two seasons of uh, New Twilight Zone stuff. Is it on Shudder? Because I don't have Shudder. I don't have Shudder either. I think it was on... It may have been one of Showtime's streaming services, whatever it is, I can't access it. But 
I'm always, I'm always considering doing the seven day free trial just to watch it because I want to see his take on Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, I can see that. I can be I can see him being a Rod Serling character. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, so what else? What other movies uh, have you got there that that sort of inspire you with your horror themes? Um, you know the thing like uh, most of the horror like lately to me that has been really influential is a lot more I'll say reflectant of it, it's it's less like fantastical horror and more kind of like realistic horror. Right. Um I like thrillers, you know. Yeah, stuff that kind of gets inside your head and kind of scrambles yeah. things around. Maybe you're like at the edge of your seat and you want to run with them. You're like fuck just move like they're right there <laughs> or or just like it's been him the whole time. Oh, you know. <laughs> We uh we had a guest on a few weeks back. Um, he, he actually is a screenwriter uh, for horror, and he's written a few um, scripts and stuff. But we were talking about the direction that horror has kind of taken, where it's become less about monsters and slashes, and looking more, I guess, at um, metaphorical stuff representing like mental illness and mental health stuff, like uh, Hereditary, uh, Midsommar, all that type of thing, Babadook. Um, but what do you think about that stuff? Are you a fan of that stuff or not so much? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Because uh, it's – in a way, um, for the band, like we're a horror-themed band. And, in yeah, obviously our, our stage dress is, is kind of overt in that way. But we're not like, you know, like horror punk, which literally sings about, you know, werewolves or zombies or ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um and, and that's great. I love the tongue-in-cheek horror stuff, but real life is way more horrible than any horror movie. So those movies that do speak to things like mental illness or systemic racism, this uh, and you know, like you mentioned, stuff like like Baba Duke um, that use the metaphor of creatures for the demons inside of ourselves, mm-hmm. which are way more terrifying. I mean. Humans are way more terrifying than anything that could be created in a movie. And that's the kind of horror that I think you can really, you can relate to on a, on a visceral level. Right. Yeah, it's very impactful. Yeah, because it, unfortunately, it's something that speaks to every single solitary one of us. I mean, we're all humans and there's all this capacity for just doing t- absolutely terrible things and i think society has has shown and just all of history has shown that to be true that given the right circumstances um humans are capable of inflicting the worst atrocities against well everything right each other yeah we don't we don't deserve this little planet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like I like some of the ones where they kind of leave it open ended, and you're not sure if the if it actually ever was like a demon or a monster, or if the person was mentally ill. You know, you know what I'm talking about, like that genre of horror where it's like, well, are they schizophrenic, or is there actually a demon? And, and you never really know right till the movie ends. And you still don't know. And you're like, God damn it, what was the truth there? Yeah, yeah, or, or even the ones that like like American Psycho, for example, where ah, great movie. you know the protagonist is also the antagonist mm-hmm. and 
I guess also spoiler alert if you haven't read the book or watched the movie. I mean, that's that's on you by now. It's been out for a long time. By now, yeah. 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 <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, oh, wait, he did what? <laughs> oh, he didn't do it? The fact that it's just like, you know, um, is all in his head. Yeah. And, you know, the but that speaks to the level of emotional and psychological atrocities that we're, we're able to commit inside ourselves. And it's not a really far jump to the physical side. And, and I think that book and the movie kind of um, they, they go about it perfectly, where it's just like this total level of excess. And what's very telling is that people uh, become obsessed with that. People see someone um, like the main character as like, oh, I, I admire this character. This It's funny how people admire the villains and completely miss the point of right. why they exist to begin with. And right. I think that speaks more to who we are inside that we're animals. And if we were given that opportunity to just do unbridled chaos, unchecked mm-hmm. chaos without any sense of morality or sense of consequence, right. that, that we would, <laughs> that we would go a lot crazier. Well, that's the uh, the whole premise of those Purge movies. Uh, the Purge I was series. about to say that. It's like the Purge, man. You, you have a Purge every once in a year. You know, once no, you con- no consequences. This fucking... Woo-hoo! Which, again, it just becomes class warfare, which is a lot of, a lot of what's happening now and what always has happened is there's this huge separation between you know, the ruling class and the rest of us. And even though the rest of us makes up the vast majority, it's still the ruling class that is able to manipulate the system to make it seem like, oh, that they're still the ones that should be on top. Just like in The Purge. It's <laughs> just like... Exactly. <laughs> they're always safe somewhere and locked up and then everyone else just gets to riot. Yeah, it's calling the, uh, calling the uh, population. Exactly. Yeah, that's all it is. I mean, did you watch? I can't remember which one of them it is. It's, I think it's the origin movie or how how it originally started. They tested it on that island. I haven't watched all of them. I watched a few of them. I didn't watch the television show. It was one of those things that like, I love the premise, but mm. then the de- the delivery started gaining a little too ridiculous. Okay. I was like, I'm like, oh, you're kind of losing me. I, I think they made too many of them, to be honest. I think like. Yeah. One or two would have been fine, and like, okay, that was cool. But then I think it's how many is it now? Like five or six of them. It's uh, it's kind of like the Soul movies. Like, there's way too many of these things. Exactly. Uh, That's another example. There's too many of them. I think again, Soul is a really cool concept, really interesting concept because it is terrifying. Like, what happens if you wake up in this place and you have to hurt yourself to save yourself? Type thing. Can you do it? And and like, will you work as a team or you hurt other people to get out? It's all about you know what you're saying, humanity and what we're capable of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you movie, seen movies like um, Cube? I was about to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yep, my yep. God, that was so good. So good. <sighs> Any movie that shows, that really strips away the, the layers and, and shows you, the, like, the true humanity, like, all these people put into these situations where it's like they could help each other and possibly escape. Or you could sacrifice people through your manipulation. Right, and try and get your way out on by yourself. Yeah. And what usually happens is everyone gets screwed, which is true. (laughs) 
you ever uh, see the ABCs of Horror? Yes. I haven't watched those. Oh, so good. Some of them are pretty weird. I love them. My favorite one was uh, D is for dog. Yeah, so it's, I think it's, it's one letter, uh, one letter for each. So one short film for each letter of the alphabet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, a director is. I don't know if they chose a letter or they were sent a letter, um, but there's you know twenty six directors, twenty six letters in the alphabet, and just uh, they each do their interpretation based on the letter they were given. And uh, yeah, man, that was so good. Is uh, is the F one called F is for fat? Am I thinking of the right movie? Where the F is for family? The uh, Bill Burr show? Oh, that's fantastic. That's funny as shit, too. That's a great show. I love Bill Burr. Love Bill Burr. <laughs> I feel like that show is just him being himself to some yeah. extent. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Bill Burr. I love yeah, that guy. I saw him live with my wife. Uh, oh, so funny. Yeah, I saw him once in Portland, too. And it, oh, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, we, I saw him on East Coast. So fun, dude. Nice. So oh. much fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was actually going to ask you um, about Portland. I, I actually used to live in Oregon in Eugene uh, a few years back for, for a little while. My wife went to university there, so I was just working while she finished. But um, what's the uh, sort of industrial scene like in Portland? I, I never was actually part of it when I was up there. Um, it's, it's interesting because Portland has, you know, we have some of our industrial gems, you know, like 16 volt coming out of Portland. Uh-huh. Um and I've always been a huge fan of 16 volt. Eric Powell's always been really nice to me and the band. Um, so the, the, but the industrial scene has changed a lot, but I guess that's to be said about any, anywhere. Um, I mean, there's obviously some fixed points like Chicago, New York, or LA, where there will always be like this really strong contingent of this like built in industrial people, but Portland it's, become less of an industrial city okay. um, as the whole kind of ma- like uh, makeup of, of the city has changed a lot over the years. A lot of people moving in from out of state right. and it's, but Portland is a very metal city. So, yes. so less industrial, like the whole goth industrial scene is very, is everyone has gone, gotten very, um, hermitize and you, you may see them come out at like a gary newman show or a skinny puppy show but you're like i don't ever see you guys out who are you i don't even, who are you people where did you come from how are you selling out the show and i you don't i never see you at the clubs or the bar or, or smaller shows mm, all right i'm on to you um but portland loves metal portland's a very metal city and that's been very fortunate for us because i think that's probably been our biggest saving grace is the ability to kind of move between like you know doing industrial shows like pure industrial shows like playing with pig but also being able to do like metal shows like being able to play with like wednesday 13 or playing playing not fest or something like that like we've had that fortunate ability to kind of maneuver between different genres right Right, because you're kind of like one foot in each world to some extent. Um, and yeah, Portland's always blown my mind with how many bands come out of there. Uh, just for the size of the city, it's like an astronomical amount of metal bands that come out of Portland. It's the same with Denver and San Diego. Like all three of those cities just have so many bands for how small they are compared to some of the biggest yeah. cities in the country. 
I think I, well for here I blame it on all the drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pacific uh, Northwest, West Coast in general, we love <laughs> drugs and excess and vice. I mean, Portland loves vice. Portland, yeah. you know, it's has tons of you know distilleries, microbrews, dispensaries, strip clubs. Um, it's you know. You can say what you want about Vegas, but Portland, I think, has is the real sin city. Isn't that? I think Portland was the most strip club per capita of any city in the U.S. I think I remember reading that somewhere. Oh, you are yeah. correct. <laughs> There's a yeah, and, and the funny thing is, like, um, yeah, well, funny, sad, uh, you know, because of the whole pandemic. I've seen a right. lot because the pandemic and how much Portland has changed as far as um, just the people coming in. I've seen a lot of wonderful, like old venues closed down all the ones where it's like, Oh, this is where we started playing. This is where, you know, all the smaller bands coming through on tour would always have a a place to to play. So seeing all these really great old venues closed down, but, but of course not the strip clubs. They're fine. <laughs> they made Indes- it indestructible. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of are, actually. Well, I, I think they were classified as essential businesses as well, so they, they were never shut down in a lot of states, which is kind of funny. I mean, yeah. you know, at least it's it's at least when you go to a strip club, you're getting what you pay for on like church. There's something else I was going to ask about uh, as well. Oh, so is, uh, as far as Oregon goes, I know that there's a couple of, of cities like down that strip. So you, you have Portland, and then you got um, what's the state capital again? Salem. Yeah. So- uh, and then then you got Eugene. Um, do you guys play many shows in, in the smaller places around the state, or is it all just sort of Portland based? Um, I mean, we love playing the smaller time in the whole like Pacific Northwest, the whole West Coast area. There's some really fun small towns um and you know it's 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 great to play the cities you know seattle and uh and portland but you know drive three or four hours outside of the city to these small towns that there's nothing to do they're right. thirsty for anything and so you even if you play in the middle of the week everyone just here catches wind that Oh, a band's playing at this small bar in town and mm-hmm. they will pack it. They will bring the love and like, we get, you get some of the best crowds in the smaller places because it, there's not that sense of jaded attitude of like, Oh, I'll just go out next weekend. Oh, it's okay. If I miss this time, I'll just catch you next time. It's like, no, I don't know when they're going to come through again. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We love the, we love the smaller towns. Um, like, you know, playing like Eastern Washington, um, you know, even like some of the kind of big, small towns or small, big towns, like Reno, for example, it's like, that's right. a big place, but it's kind of feels small at the same time. Yeah. Um, and those places are a lot of fun and we, yeah, we love And It's weird. Um, the Pacific Northwest, especially, is very strange because it's so spread out that you're just driving for hours and there's literally nothing. And then all of a sudden you, you're just poof. This town is just there. I don't know where you're like, where the hell did you come from? Uh, we're playing here tonight. Fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I, uh, 
I have to say, I, I really miss um, Sizzle Pie. Oh, well, you you be happy to know they're still going strong. Oh, that's so, so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're definitely missing out. I'll, I'll send love from here for Sizzle Pie. <laughs> Brendan, I, you probably have never um, had it, but it's Sizzle Pie is this chain in, uh, is it just in Oregon or is it in the whole Northwest? That is a good question. I actually haven't looked up like their <clears throat> map locations. I'm not sure how far out Sizzle Pie goes. I've only seen it. I've only seen it in Oregon. I've only seen it in Oregon, so it might just be an Oregon thing. But Brendan, it's this Oregon brand of pizza, um, and it's like okay. this. It's like this kind of punk rock pizza uh, chain, and they they always play like really good music in the stores. It's always like punk or metal at all times, and then. You get like a salad and a slice for like twelve bucks, but the salad, like the slices, are I don't know, like all these crazy toppings, super like unusual stuff, and so it's probably the best salad I've ever had. Like one of the best salads I've ever had. And you can buy like skateboards and t-shirts and stuff, and the shirts are like <laughs> ripoffs of metal band shirts. So they have like one that says pizza, but it's in the death font, and it has like uh, the little Grim Reaper next to it and everything. And it's a ripoff of like a death shirt. You know shit. Yeah, it's it's super cool. So if anyone's listening who hasn't had Sizzle Pie, if you're in the Northwest. I highly recommend it. I'll check. I'll have to go check it out. Like I, I've only like, like I've been to California a handful of times, and like I, I, I don't know. The only thing I can think that I've had out there that's been like you know, just only out there has been an In and Out. In and Out. What yeah. do you, any thoughts on that, uh, Zach? I um. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll catch ire for this. I I personally think In and Out's a little overrated. Thank you. Um, I like there's this place uh, called Whataburger. Oh uh, yeah, I yeah, like. There's a few of those around here. I feel see, like. I really like Whataburger, and I like them more than In and Out. <laughs> I'm just gotta say, I like Shake Shack more than In and Out too. I think Shake Shack's really good. Yeah, Shake I think Shack's I, all right. It's it's decent. There's one around here too. There's just so I mean, much hype. I think that's there's better place. There's better places because I my wife's Californian. That's why I'm in the U.S. And uh, for she's always hyped. Well, her and her whole family and all of her friends have always hyped in and out so much because it's a Californian thing and everyone here loves it so much. And yeah, then when, when they, went, my buddy was like, "All right, you got to do this, this, and this. You got to do the animal style, you know." So I, I did it all. You know, I did it because I, I I love like food. You know, I was a chef for quite a while of my life, so you know just. Making burgers and pizzas and all that fun stuff, you know, I, I enjoy it. So I like to get down. Yeah, it's I it's like I get it. It's a pretty good burger, but there's like this obsession with it down in California that it's the single bit, the greatest I feel food. Like it's like like with Five Guys around here, people like they're like, oh, it's Five Guys, Five Guys. You know, it's just like a well done kind of juicy burger. There's nothing super ridiculous about it, but. People fucking go nuts about it. I don't well, know. If you're ever in like Oregon, Washington, we have a little area chain called Burgerville. And uh, I love Burgerville. It's I've just, had, I've super had fresh. So that's good. Do you still have Killer Burger as well? Yeah, there's still Killer Burger around here. Okay, that's pretty good too. Um, they do have peanut butter burger. Whoa, okay. I've, done, I've actually made a few different versions of that peanut butter burger before. It's pretty good. Um, and we have gone off topic talking about Northwestern food chains. Food? There's a lot to say. <laughs> food talk. 
that might be a separate podcast. This is, this is a food podcast, right? I thought that's what Brooke this told is. Me. Chef dwellers, cave dinners, cave dinners. So that will be our spinoff series where we interview uh, metal musicians about food, which yeah, I think people would listen to. Like, think, what yeah, what yeah. is what is Glenn Danzig's favorite burger? Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> the dead Elvis. <laughs> Which has got peanut butter on it, you know? Why not? And painkillers. Yeah, exactly. Bananas, bananas, peanut butter, (laughs) bacon. Um, I had to ask you, because this is something that blew my mind. Um, How did you end up working with Mothmeister? Because I'm a huge fan of of Mothmeister's work. Oh, Mothmeister. I absolutely love them. They are just... They're the best people. Um, so it was this through circumstance. So they, um, uh, I've been a fan of, of of their art for a a few years, and uh, they were actually just Instagram friends with my wife Buzz, who's uh, does a lot of art and also one of the guitarists in the band. And uh, I was uh, I was just like, you know what? I want to write music for them. Like, I wonder if they would just ever be interested in that so i just i i contacted them Uh i was out of the blue and this is in 2018 and um i was like hey if you ever want you know some kind of like music for to match like your photos or for anything just just let me know and uh i hadn't heard anything for months Uh so i'm like all right i'm like oh that's fine whatever uh and then out of the blue they wrote me back and they're like hey uh we're doing um, an art exhibit in Antwerp for our first art book, uh, you know, the dark fairy tales one, uh, postmodern fairy tales. Yes, the postmortem fairy tales. Yeah. Um, and there, there were, uh, just you know, super kind of open ended about it. Like, hey, if you're, if you know, is that offer still on the table? Um, you know, this would be something that we would essentially play in the background during our exhibits. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, it was shortly before um, our like this tour that we did in 2018. But I just I, I sat down and just um, just hammered out like an hour's worth of soundscape, weird instrumental stuff, and it, it was really fun because it there was no song structure, there were no rules, and so it was very liberating to be like I can just make any weird noise, do any weird thing, and there's no wrong answer here. <laughs> Which was really cool because, you know, most of the time you have to, you, in some way, shape or form, you have to think about song structure and right. how is this going to, you know, uh, be heard live and how are you know, people going to understand this? Like, it's, you know, yeah. um, and so, yeah, we uh, did that and they, you know, it was great. They they used it for this like book tour that they did uh, over in Europe and then. Um, in the latter part of 2018, they actually flew to Brooklyn, New York, and they were doing an art exhibit at this place called the House of Wax. Right. And uh, and they're like, hey, do you want to maybe come and perform at this? I'm like, uh, yes, uh, of course, <laughs> uh, please. Um, so I, I flew out there with uh, another member of the band, Eric. And uh, yeah, we that's when we first met him and 
we performed at this place, the, the House of Wax, and it would the whole experience was incredible because yeah, it was just like this weird soundscape instrumental stuff, and and since then, so we just when we met, it was like instant, instant best friends. Like oh okay yeah, we're gonna be best friends the rest of our lives now, right? Yeah okay, um, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and, and since then yeah. it's just been it's just been amazing with them. Um, so for the recent art book. Uh, it was more of a direct collaboration. What they would do is they would send us groupings of photos that represented different chapters of the book. And then we would write music that directly kind of reflected the mood, uh, the ambiance, the the expression of what they were trying to, to tell in their photos, which it, it's hard because they, they travel everywhere. And so, yeah to be like oh they went to chernobyl how do i make how do i make that sound like an experience like an audio experience right with, you know they were there and i just have to like interpret it yeah exactly <laughs> the geiger counter is like yeah 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 um <laughs> get the fuck out of there exactly <laughs> <laughs> so it was except all in russian <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's been an incredibly rewarding experience um, working with them, and there's this new art book they have is is incredible, and it's just really cool to work with these. I mean, they're so humble, and but uh, you know, it is very surreal working with these, like internationally renowned artists. Yeah, and it's like oh, this is such a unique experience, and then yeah, when they're able to like you know travel again, then they'll they'll do a book tour, and then we'll tag along with them and do shows whenever that's possible again that's awesome that's a cool partnership it is it is and then you know we're going to collaborate on some uh music videos too stuff for the soundscape stuff for like us so it's i can't wait that sounds like a lot of fun man yeah brendan do you follow him off my i have not i don't think so all right i'll link you after this because you need to yeah, uh, yeah it's, it. it's it's so cool it's and, so uh, I, Oh, sorry. Carry on. Oh no, yeah, I was just gonna just mirror what you're saying. It's just ah, uh, uh, it's just so cool. I really need that. Uh, I really want to buy that book. It's like it's, it's such a cool coffee table book to have. Like you know, the guests sit down like, "What is this?" I'm like, read it, look at it, do it, yeah. buy it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's only like sixty bucks, and if you yeah. buy it from their Etsy, you know they'll sign it, and mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it'll. It, they're already like doing like a second run of the book because it or the first run already sold out yeah i don't doubt that that's that, that seems like something to be super popular yeah oh because like i uh their first art book that's out of print and so like i remember looking for it actually i was looking for a copy uh for giles from armalite he's like hey because uh, he got the second book and he's like hey uh you know can you see if they have any in the first book i'm like yeah they don't and I saw some selling online for almost like a grand. I'm like, Whoa, wow, spicy. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that <Wow>. is spicy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was something I was going to ask you about was Armalite. Um, how did you guys come to be uh, working with Armalite? Um, that was it was it was through um, like mutual Facebook people. Uh, I got a hold. Giles actually got a hold of me a while ago asking if uh if i wanted to be on this kind of like auxiliary uh compilation that they were doing okay. and uh it was really cool I, I did like an exclusive remix of one of our songs uh rise with me and it was it was just really fun um 
talking with Giles because uh, he, you know, he's such a sweet guy. And of course, like, you know, for me, it's that that fanboy moment of like, oh my God, uh, Raymond Watts, a uh, pig. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and he knew that we had, uh, we had played before with pig. Um, and then, um, a, few, a little bit later, he, uh, Giles approached me like, Hey, do you want to do a remix for pig? I'm like, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, so then being able to do a remix for him and even having that remix on one of his CDs was like, to me yeah. as a, as a super fan of I'm like, I'm like, I, I remember uh, talking to him and he was like, dude, I love it when people remix my music. Like, it's cool. It's so awesome to hear, like, you know, someone spin on something that we like that I did, you know, like, so. And he, yeah, like, and like you kind of mentioned earlier, he, he is such a sweet guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it really is. I felt like he was like so genuinely interested about like what was going on in my life when I was talking to him, you know, like it was, yeah, it was awesome, man. Like really cool dude. And I've I've found that uh, over the years that uh, the most accomplished musicians that I, I've I've just had the, the huge honor to meet, um, most of them were like the nicest people because they just goes to show you that when you're comfortable in your accomplishments, you you can be confident, you know, but you don't have that arrogance, pretension. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we all put our pants on one leg at a time, you know, like, or some, you know, it's pandemic. Some people just don't wear pants anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think some of those insecurities definitely come from people trying to prove themselves, and I think they they have to over, you know, overact or about the, the I'm an artist thing and I'm creative and I'm special because I think they feel like they're trying to prove something to people. And I think you're right when people have actually reach that plateau and be like yeah i got there that a lot of that falls away exactly yeah. like you know like uh you know i had a chance to meet ogre before and yeah and he was just like the sweetest person like, oh my god like you were so nice and like all yeah all these other people they're just like wow you are really nice and you know i, I get the whole expression um never meet your idols because they right. completely destroy and demystify everything especially if they turn out to be you know, shit bags. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so he's like the worst. You're like, oh, man. You're like, oh, like, I love no. listening to these old bands and shit. And then, like, some of them, like, broke up because some members were just fucking shit bags. Exactly. You're like, fuck. I love yeah. that music. But why were you such a shit bag? It could ruin the whole experience. Depending on how bad they are, it could ruin the whole damn experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes, like, it's just been it's like sometimes when a, a musician you love does something terrible and you're like, no, like, not you. I don't want to have to stop listening to your music. Like, why do you have to do that? It's, it, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, and it, it's that age old question of, you know, can you separate the art from the artist? And yeah, that's a, that's a big conversation. I mean, yeah, it is. It, it is not easy. I feel like it depends on the severity of what's happened to some extent. Definitely. Um, like, I mean, like someone getting a DUI, it's like, you know, it's, you know, human, they make mistakes, but someone like having child porn is like a very different story. Uh, you, you would think it would be that easy, but for some reason, people go through the, all these emotional and psychological gymnastics to, to justify still supporting those artists. And it really, it just goes, it shows how flawed we are. 
as a species that we're able to like this idea of celebrity makes Uh them immune to to it's like this cognitive dissonance it's like because of your psychological and emotional attachment to the music that they made or the art that they made you give Uh them this this kind of clearance yeah it's just like what whereas if some you say your neighbor was caught with child porn, you're like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna kill the son of a bitch. I'm gonna. Ugh. But yeah. if, it's, if you're your favorite favorite musician, you're like, well, you know, but it it's not like they did any, they touched any kids. <laughs> and you start going through their like justifications. And it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, it's it's very true. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just hard for some people to grasp that someone who's influenced their life so much. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, like, music plays a huge part in your life as a person. And I can definitely say that there are artists out there who shaped who I am as a person over, like, the past few decades. Um, it's a lot to take in that that person is a piece of shit. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I don't think it's... Um, and it, I don't think it should take away what something means to someone. Like, you can... If you listen to an album and you... And this artist is a horrible person. And you're like, but this album got me through the darkest time of my life yeah like yeah that still means something but if you continue to support the artist and you continue and like throw yourselves you know on you know on the it it becomes like forbidden music yeah so it's it's, sorry oh no no you first (laughs) i was gonna say there's there's two sort of like complicated areas that make it a lot grayer is one is if it's a band and one member does something, does that taint the whole band? Does that taint that musician? And the other is if it only happened like right at the end of their career, does everything they've done before that get canceled out as well? It's, it's, it's a tough conversation. That's extreme, yeah. right? You know, like, cause I mean, tough. the it's... argument could be made about like someone like Bill Cosby, for example, right? Like, right. Bill Cosby you know, in terms of breaking social barriers, you, you can't deny it. Like um, him being one of the first, or if not like the first, uh, like strong, um, you know, African-American, like leading roles on TV. One of the first like stand-up yeah, comedians. I love watching that, that show, man, Cosby show. Like, yeah. I watched it as a kid growing up. <clears throat> and, uh, he, you know, and so like he broke so many boundaries and barriers and through so much like racial divide you can't take that away because that's just like objective facts right but he's a monster (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's just like oh man like and it it sucks because it's like yeah yeah the cosby show and picture pages and fat albert and 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 like all the stuff that he so did. wholesome, so so wholesome as well. Like yeah. all the stuff he did. There you go, though. <laughs> I mean, that could be said about like preachers and Boy Scout leaders. You're like, right. You look at the most wholesome, quote unquote, wholesome people with all these strong values that borderline being super judgmental against other people's decisions. You're like, oh well, what skeletons are you hiding? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're like you're actually a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah exactly it's just, yeah you, you never know but, some people some people can really wear that mask like extremely well you never know what's going on behind the mask i guess that's, that's the whole thing we talk about american psycho like you never know what the person has going on in their head right yeah. 
but there's also like good things that happen like so uh a band like you know that had a kind of a bad rep before you know gaza right they and then they uh something i can't remember exactly what happened but they ended up tossing a member out and then they became cult leader right and cult leader is a phenomenal band you know like so there's some good things that come out of like you know people like realizing all right we gotta like get rid of this person uh you know and like let's move on and do something different and be better you know yeah i feel like if the band acknowledges that the person who's committed whatever the offense is is committed the offense and moves on from that person i I feel like you can't really judge the band for the actions of one dude especially if they've said this isn't okay and moved on from him that's i don't feel like that's fair personally Uh, i mean everyone has their own opinion on the matter but that's mine i mean if if nothing else you the band should have enough wherewithal to do damage control to separate yeah. themselves. But let's be honest, like not all, but in, I think in a lot of such situations, it's like, there's a lot of complicity. It's like, yeah. no, like, well, you know, like Harvey Weinstein. It's like everyone knew yeah. everyone yeah. turned a blind eye because yeah, no one wanted to about it and, like DNA and dumb shit. Yeah. Like, it's know? just like, but people, don't want to rock the boat they don't want to affect their career they don't right. want to you know cause any problems in their lives so they will turn a blind eye until they're called out on it then they're mortified then yeah. they don't stand for it then they're like oh we stand with the victims it's like well where were you when those victims were being victimized and you knew goddamn well what was happening it's yeah. the same the Jeffrey Epstein thing, exactly the same thing. And like when it went public, everyone was like, Yeah, I mean he was a he was a bad dude, but some people saying that were like, you know, they went to his house. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they, you know, they flew Lolita Express to Pedophile Island. Island, you know. Yeah. It's like uh, yeah. And even if they didn't do anything pedophile, they were there. They did it. They they know. Yeah. It's like um, you had to have known, you know. Yeah, but what they said about that island, like (laughs) you can't really not know. It was the whole island was like that. Like that was the whole point of the island. Yeah. But it just goes to show you humans are absolute monsters. Yep. (laughs) Period. (laughs) I think that's the uh, theme of this podcast episode. We're gonna maybe title it that. (laughs) Humans are monsters. Humans yep. are monsters. Hey, you know what? When I start a band, I, I'm gonna talk about how we're just cancer. Let's call the band that. I don't think there is a band that's already taken the name Humans or Monsters yet. No, maybe not. I know. I'm, I'm gonna do a Google search. I'm gonna register <laughs> it real fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's make it happen. We'll talk yeah. after the uh, the cast here. <laughs> Trademark that right now. Start writing some lyrics. Yeah. Okay. Um, Brendan, we are at the 60 minute mark. So uh, I know you have some questions you normally like to ask um, in the interview. So do you want to hit uh, go with those? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I got, we've kind of hit a lot of them. This is awesome in a way that we keep hitting these naturally. But um, what is, uh, what, what's some of your hobbies outside of music? Um, well, uh, with the pandemic, uh, I've I had to kind of find new ways to keep myself from going absolutely batshit crazy. Uh, so, or even more batshit crazy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I um I started like painting again, um, sewing, uh, and I I do Twitch streaming now. Nice. Okay. For so what? 
so there's a, a, a few channels like um there's one that i co-host with another band member called the stranger danger show okay and that's like it's all game mostly horror gaming nice. um and just just being just stupid assholes together yeah did you guys uh, ever uh, did you ever play the uh, I, uh alien isolation game have not played Alien Isolation. I know that he's going to play that on his stream at some point. Nice, okay. yeah. It's a uh, it's a fun it's a fun time, man. I played halfway through that game, and then I, I don't know, life happens, and I stopped playing games, and then I can pick it stuff back up. But that's a, well, your, that's a uh, fun time. What's the, your channel's stance on the uh, Resident Evil uh, series, Pro or? Against, I mean, I obviously can't judge the whole series because they're very different games as you play through them. But I guess the latest one, what was? Uh, did you guys rate that at all? Uh, I see. I haven't played Resident Evil in since I don't know when. Um, I know that he is gonna be playing the new Resident Evil game. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have like a really strong opinion. I mean, I liked the games when I played them back in the day. Okay. The, the movies are a little rough yeah, <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Uh, no, they were not good. <laughs> no. Um, I'm a big like Dead by Daylight fan. That's like the game okay. that I've been jamming the most on. I just, oh, I love that game. I haven't played that one. Uh, is that what's what? Is that all platforms or? Actually, it is cross-platform. Um, so it, it's it's you know PlayStation, Xbox, uh, PC. So and what's great is it doesn't matter what you have it on, you can play with another person. So it's like, oh, yeah, I play cool. on PC, you play on on PlayStation. <laughs> perfect, we can join a party and we can play together. Nice, it's survival cool. horror, and I, I oh, love nice. that. That's, oh, I love survival horror. Yeah, it's fun stuff. Uh, so yeah, that gets that's what I've been doing to keep my well, keep myself busy in the off hours. Nice. Um, and then, uh, oh, oh, what's your uh, favorite instrument to play? Aside from the mic, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm such a, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm such a like studio sound editing kind of person. Gotcha. Um, and my big thing is, is I, I like wiring thing like side chaining things through a lot of different weird stuff to just create interesting layers and interesting sounds um you know basically stuff that you would l enjoy or only hear if you are on drugs okay <laughs> um, so i mean i i love i guess this and the keyboards are such a generic kind of term but i to me i just i love the range I, I just love the freedom it's just like you can do anything with a sound if you especially if you have like a, a sound editor whether it's on your synth or whether it's like through a uh, soft synth and just being able to like dissect a sound and and just manipulate it um to me is is the most fun thing so i just not it's not really a solid answer i just yeah, you're good. <laughs> We'll allow it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh God, I got out of that. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, it, um, and then uh, for like live music, like, you know, um, 
you know, you've uh, collaborated with some pretty cool peoples. Um, do you have like a kind of like a dream kind of show going on, like collaboration you could do? Um, I mean, if there was ever, I mean, you know, I, w- I would love to be picked up on a pig tour. I mean, it makes sense since we're on the same label, if anyone's listening. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, just, I'm trying to think of like, because there's always that like dream, like, oh, if you could jump on any tour. And, and for me, of course, I would, I would want to do something huge like Rammstein. Like, yeah, hey, Rammstein, take us on, on tour. Like, yeah, sure. I, I don't mind playing just the five, you know, arenas. Sure, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it would be, I just, but I, you know, when we went on tour in 2019, um, it was a very like, nose to the grindstone cut your teeth kind of tour and that was that was also really fun too that whole it's 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 very knit and gritty you know washing in a truck stop sink <laughs> kind of thing yeah yeah you just bang your shit out and get it on and move somewhere else and yeah you know, get ready smell, for the next set smell really ripe and it's just like oh well i don't care anymore <laughs> It really shifts your priorities when you're kind of doing that grinding, touring. Um, at this point, I just want to go out and do some goddamn shows. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I want to get out there and see him, man. You know, what's happening yeah. in Oregon with that? Is Oregon anyway close to bringing back live music? Or so, uh, Oregon. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, the whole West Coast. We we all kind of mirrored each other in a way, but now we're starting to kind of like deviate. California is opening back up in a, mm-hmm. um, a pretty expansive way. Um, I live right over the bridge from Portland in Vancouver, Washington. And oh, yeah. Washington is actually opening up quite a bit too. I mean, our numbers are going down and things are leveling out to some degree. Um, but Oregon is oddly going, they just, they went backwards again. Okay. Uh, I know that their numbers have gone up um, from like I think it was like from the spring break, and then right? Back up, of course, because you know humans. Woo, yeah, yes. Um, we could do shows technically. Well, hmm. there are some places in Portland that are doing shows that uh, they the 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 places look like if you walked in, you probably would catch an STD just walking through the front door, like CBGB bathroom. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I don't even want to insult that. Like even that, like <laughs> there was some kind of like authenticity <laughs> to it. Uh, this is like, you know, I can't wear masks because wet, it impedes against my liberty kind of bars. Uh, okay, right. those Pretty those people. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, right. yeah, I want to stay away from them. But there are other places that um, are doing live shows. You know, it's like a twenty five percent capacity, which man, at this point I'd be happy with. But um, we we do have the opportunity to do shows, but we are don't want to. We want right. to wait till well, some of us are vaccinated. We want to wait till at least we're all vaccinated, right? Um, until things kind of calm down on a consistent level, because for us, it would just be devastating to have people come out to the show and then get sick and or die from you know, right? Yeah, I hate yep. that. There's there's nothing metal about getting your fans sick <laughs> no. <laughs> no 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 maybe alcohol uh, poisoning but that's it 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had to play a uh, a kid's birthday party, uh, what would what would you guys do? Um. Who's the kid? Like, were we invited or are we just showing up? <laughs> it's like a church social. Like, hey, everybody, here's the entertainment. Uh, I mean, if someone's asking us to play at their kid's birthday, they must know who we are, right? Um, and it would, it would have to be a unique kid. Because uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to censor myself. I'm not going to hold back. I mean, you know you're you're getting i mean like i you know we're, i'm not you know we're not overtly uh like i i intentionally go out of my way to use any kind of overt amount of profanity in the song because i don't want it to be like a crutch where it's just like oh instead of writing something meaningful i'll just add a fucking here sure that's edgy right i'm still 17 um <laughs> um but yeah, you know, if we we were to play kids party, we're we're gonna go full gore, full costume. I'm gonna, you know, ask kids question their belief in God if they, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so that's 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 uh, the onus is on the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you signed the contract. <laughs> exactly. We um we actually had a, a band on a little while back from um Tennessee and uh they said that the weirdest gig that they got booked for was at a winery, which is like an upscale suit and tie event type thing. Mm-hmm. And uh they said that when they got there, everyone was super confused and they started playing. They're like, Hey, please turn that down, that's quite loud. They're like, so did 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 you actually listen to our music before you booked us? And they're like, No. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> How does that happen? How do you not preview a song and be like, "Oh yes, this is fitting for our event"? Was that was that Grave Hopper? It... No, that was um, True Villains. True. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, have a, they could pull that off too, but still. <laughs> yeah, people would have been very confused yeah. when they started playing at that type of event. This next song is called Kill Whitey. It's like, well, my, my stars, what are we listening to? Jonathan, Jonathan ask them to turn it down. Oh, you're right. Oh. Honey, this is hurting my ears and not making the wine sit well with me. Can you please have them turn it down? <laughs> this is quite a fright. This reverb well, is shaking my glass. I'm going to ask you now that actually a similar question. What was the weirdest gig that you played? Oh, um... <laughs> There was this one gig we played is in 2018. It was in this place called Farmington, New Mexico. And what was cool is that it was on like it was on the Navajo reservation. I'm like, oh, cool, cool. All right. I can dig this. And it was like literally in this like this kid. I'm going to say kid because I'm old enough. I'm, you know, I'm almost 41. So I'm everyone's kid to me now. So <laughs> this kid, uh, he oh, he's doing whooper snappers. Yeah, <laughs> get off my lawn. That's also your lawn. Uh, he basically built this like DIY venue, and like I once, I'm like, wow, this is actually really impressive. But it was literally there was no one, no one there, like not a single, like just him and like the person running sound and lights. And and I'm just like, this is so. Weird. I mean, still gonna do makeup. Still gonna go all out, and I don't give I don't give a crap. But it was weird because it was just like this is a really strange situation. 
Mm-hmm. It's like this weird DIY venue in this little nowhere town in New Mexico. And so it, it's one of those things. And then and then afterwards, we got fed Navajo tacos. And I was like, oh, these are really good. This, this is worth it. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get paid for the gig? We got paid. Like he, I mean, he literally just paid for a private gig at this point, <laughs> which all right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it maybe it was one of those like it, it's my potty type thing. Like, <laughs> I'll cry just, if I want to. Yeah, I'll yeah. cry if I want to. Yeah, we well, yeah. I mean, we we don't cry because it runs our makeup. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's super weird. That was definitely one of the the weirdest ones in terms of just like like what is happening? Like, why are we even here? Um, but a, a place like Wasteland Weekend is weird in how completely epic the entire situation is. Because it's if you haven't been to Wasteland Weekend, you got to go. It's a post-apocalyptic festival in the Mojave Desert. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. That sounds like, cool. a, like a like kind of like Burning Man, but for fucking metal and industrial and shit. It's very. Uh, I think like uh, one of the biggest differences uh, is like Burning Man. Has is like uncontrollably huge, you know. You have like, whatever, yeah, eighty thousand yeah, like people. A huge city that basically gets unfolded for a week. Yeah. Whereas, like, um, Wasteland Weekend, they have a very sharp ticket cap. I think it's around four thousand people, so it never gets so huge that it becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And yet, it is a living, breathing Mad Max Fallout, you know, city in the middle of the desert. Um, but what's oh, wow. cool is like it's very focused on the immersive theme. Like like you know, Bernie Man's like, you know, trust fund art kid project, cool. Um, but uh Wasteland Weekend's very like honed in on this is like a Mad Max life. Like you have bottle caps and you can trade and you have tribes and wow. you know, there's, there's it's twenty-four hours, it never it never sleeps and you know, you have vibrator races you have the thunderdome you have drag shows you have the bands on the main stage you have fire dancing you you know you have everything everything is there and everyone is so nice everyone is just just lovely and everyone's just so happy to be there There's, these are people that maybe you only see once a year but it is it's like family you're like oh okay i get to see my family again yep so I've uh, going. I've been looking at pictures the whole time since you started talking about it, and this looks like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It it really is, and the thing is, like, it's almost like being in a video game because you can do like bounty hunting. Uh, certain tribes have like missions. You know, there's huh. like a weird, you know, wasteland religions, and like, I mean, like, it's there's That's like awesome. layers to it. You can go there and just get wasted. Or you can go there and actually like kind of peel back the layers and kind of like get into more of the mythology of everything. I want to go like my first time if I, I want to do, I want to eat some LSD and just do some missions. Do it. <laughs> I wouldn't be the only person on there like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking do this. Like, well, fuck it. That's the so, way to do it. Go ham. If, if you kind of just rocked up in like a t shirt and shorts, not like taking it very seriously, it's like, oh, I'm just here to experience it. Would people still be pretty welcoming or they'd be like, why is that person not kind of taking it seriously? So I will say they do enforce dress code. Cool. There is. Yeah. And and especially if you want. So they have the inner city and they are like, if you want to go through the main gates into the inner city, 
they will they literally have like war boys or people at the gate being like uh yeah no you need to like put more dirt on that or something like that like they <laughs> yeah and and i get it cuz you don't want like you know uh you know, sport from the the country club rolling in, yeah. and it's polo shirt being like, "Oh, this is quaint. What's going on, here, guys?" Yeah. <laughs> this is quaint. It's like, yeah. So it's, it's, but so it's it's because so, when you're there, it's like people plan this all year. You yeah. want that full well, experience. And camping yeah. in the desert's also a very serious thing. You have to take some certain precautions. You know, you can't just go out there with like a freaking Nalgene bottle and think it's going to be okay. Right. I mean, yeah, because during the daytime, you may get like, it may be over 100 degrees or there may be a sandstorm or at night, right. you know, it may be freezing. And you're like, oh, wait, I'm cold as hell. This is the desert in mm-hmm. late September. What's <laughs> happening? It's just like, yeah, the desert's fucking weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, like, and then you have all those, I'm looking at the pictures now, like how awesome it looks. And if you have like some dude in like a polo show, like you said, in the photo, it's going to kind of ruin the whole thing for everyone. Exactly. Yep. You're like that douchebag, <laughs> and that's another thing. It's like you do stand out. You're like, oh, you oh, look at that piece of shit over there. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> how much you are, like, naked? T- like, do something. Like, fuck, man. How much you? Uh, how much are tickets for these? Uh, this sort of thing. Um, oh, I I don't recall. I I I know they're in like the two to two fifty range. Okay. But um, but that's like. That's not that bad. Time. Oh, no, it's like you get there on a Thursday and then you leave, you leave on a, a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, like, that's not bad at all. And it's nonstop. There's so much to, to do. And yeah, it's a festival. And like you bring a cup. You, I mean, alcohol's free. Really? Oh, yeah. Alcohol's completely free. And, uh, and it, you just you run across these tribes that have like this mixologist they're like oh here try this ginger vodka you know with lemons that have been soaking in it here eat this and drink yeah. this it's like oh yes please give this to me put this in my mouth yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't question uh, it you just put things in your mouth it's wasteland you just go with it yeah it, 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 it doesn't matter what it is do not question the ways of the wasteland <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you get wasted in the wasteland. And that is, yeah. is for sure every time I've been there. Um, if there's any point on tour that I get sick and throw up, it's at wasteland. Uh. <laughs> I don't blame you. That looks like a place where you can kind of go all out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, uh, I love like crazy desert um, towns and cities. Have you been to East Jesus? No. Is that? Is that in California, like by the Salt yeah. Sea? Yeah, down that way. I, I yeah. haven't been yet, but I'm going to go in about two weeks. And I've, I've always wanted to go there because I've just seen pictures. And it looks like one of those places where it's a bunch of people that just live in the desert because they want to do their own thing. And they kind of just do whatever they think is cool. Is like, um, is that like that. Salvation City? Oh, not Salvation City. I can't remember what it's called. I don't know. Yeah, that, well, that whole area um, of California is very interesting. Yeah, I love it. I love the desert, dude. I, I spend as much time as I can out, out that way. I love it. It's like its own country. It is. It's like a different it's a different world. Yeah. Yeah. Desert, and like pe- people are so nice out there as well. That's the thing. Like you meet these people and they kind of some of them come across as like really rough and like, you know, 
they're kind of maybe intimidating even, but they're like the nicest, friendliest, most welcoming people. Yeah, you have to be. It's, it's uh, sometimes you have to be careful with the salt of the earth kind of people because sometimes they're too salty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brendan, did you have any more, or was that your last one before? Oh, I'm good, man. I, I have. I got. Yeah, I'm good. Awesome. Um, so before we uh, sort of wrap up here, um, was there anything you wanted to talk about, like any projects you're working on, anything that's coming out, um, things that people should check out or look for? Um, I mean, just pretty much there's the new album, uh, Bring Out the Dead, which is available via, via Armalite. Uh, there's also the uh, soundscape that we collaborated with Mothmeister on, which comes for free when you order their new art book. Um it's nine tracks, yeah, each one crafted after, it's all instrumental, crafted after some photos uh, that they sent us. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful art. And that's, I mean, that's all we have right now. Uh, we are going to be filming a, a live set next month, but it's going to be in a, a closed studio. So it's going to be professionally filmed and recorded. And then that'll be released at some point i just don't have like at some point during the summer i don't have like a release date or anything because it's through um it's through someone else that basically hired us like hey do you want to do like a live show and film it yes absolutely because we're not doing anything else mm -hmm. uh, awesome so yeah just kind of keep your grapes peeled for that gonna go up on like youtube type of thing or yeah 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 okay um that's that's what we have going on right now we're just you know, when we just started practicing again and we're just trying to shake off the cobwebs because hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to get out there soon and actually do shows because we really miss everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Blame me. It's uh, the big part of like the music world is that live performance stuff and it's been gone for a long time. Oh, God. I mean, that is, I mean, really, it's like the biggest part of it is that connection that you make with people at shows like there's just nothing nothing beats it i mean like yeah. it's great to sit and work on music and you know produce music and put it out there but that's when you really connect with people like that's the moment when you're just like oh yeah that's why i do this this is the biggest reason is because i'm connecting with all these people on such a deep emotional level because that's music that's music baby yep right and we were talking about this with someone the other day um even as a fan, just going to shows and stuff, I, people really miss that sense of community. Like, yeah. you know, they're going to show and like, these people like the same thing as me. These people are similar to me. We have that that uh, connection that I have with other people I meet in society on a daily basis. Um, yeah, I miss that. It's like everything that social media does, like divide us, live music does the opposite. It really mm -hmm. pulls people together. And I mean, yeah. In that moment, you may, you may be standing next to a Trump supporter. You don't know, but in that moment, you are just both enjoying the music, right? Because it doesn't matter, you know. Like, yeah, man, you got we got to have <laughs> moments, and we got to have music. I you just I was at the the show this time, and uh, all my friends couldn't make it, so I went by myself. So I'm not missing the gig because I'm having a go with I'll meet people there. You know, you have a drink or two, and start chatting to people. It's all cool. And there was this guy that was like, he was really cool. I was like, oh, man, you friend. Like, we talked for like half an hour straight before the show started. Having a great time. And then I won't go into detail about what he said, but like five minutes before the show started, he's like, 
yeah, you know what I mean? Like when, when you say this and then he said this like outrageously <laughs> crazy offensive shit. I was like, oh man, like I thought he was so cool. Oh, and, then, I, uh, <laughs> and then I spent the rest of the show like trying to like edge away from the dude and avoid him. And he kept following me around the pit. <laughs> and the, he's like, you want to get another drink, man? I'm like, no, nah, I'm, nah, I'm not really. <laughs> racist, but oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Yeah. And and then like he, at the end he's like yeah are you on Facebook or anything like that I'm like nah, <laughs> no, I, nah. Believe, I never heard of it <laughs> uh, no I'm not <laughs> so um that, that did kind of pop up one more question for me is uh what um who do you want to see live next like like if you're gonna be able to get out there and, and go like who who are you gonna see oh man like anyone everyone. I don't yeah, even care right. at this well, point. <laughs> I, know I got a show lined up May 9th. I, I'm excited. It's going to be my first live show in a long time. little local thing, but... Oh, that's nice. What? Where? Uh, it's... Uh, I don't remember. It's an hour away from here, but I'm going to go see Afghan Haze. Uh, it's like Stoner Doom Band. There you go. I mean, at this... I, I would... Go to pretty much anything at this point. Yeah, I'm about the same. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, and I, I know it's it's such a like generic answer, but I'm just looking live music. I'm just looking forward to live music again. Yeah. At this point, you'd even say yes when you know that friend of yours is in like in a bunch of terrible projects and no one likes. It's like, do you come see my band play? There's like gonna be like four people there. Like, yes, I'll yeah. come and see your band play. That better. Oh. I'm to that point. Like this whole pandemic better have changed all these people's goddamn perspectives that were like hey come out to the show no i'm 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 just gonna stay in tonight i'm tired right exactly like, i better not hear that and yeah do some goddamn shit like you were in for like a year and a half you better <laughs> like do you really like you're gonna use that excuse now like music just coming back and you're gonna use that lame excuse of just wanting to stay home like get up just don't just don't get Damn out man. there support music we need a more. Yeah, you have a deficit that you have to make up. Exactly. You mm-hmm. yeah. People had a year of watching Netflix at home, so like now, no excuses. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Agreed. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a it's been awesome chatting to you. Um, we, we appreciate you taking the time. And if you ever release some uh, some more music down the track or some other cool projects, we'd love to have you on again to chat about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm working on a, a side project uh, with the fellow that uh, mixed and um, mixed our recent album and actually mixed and mastered the Mothmeister stuff. Uh, okay, he, he's a great musician. Uh, we're just starting to like kind of get our feet wet with the, the the name and the concepts and everything. It's gonna be definitely different from Dead Animal Assembly Plant. I want to create a sharp line between the two so there's not that spillover. So. Uh-huh. Mm. I'll, uh, I'll I'll let you know when it starts to come together more. Fantastic. Sounds awesome. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. And uh, everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll come check in next time for another interview. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So did we.